those of you who know him, you would be aware by now that his ambition is unlimited. You know that he will settle for nothing short of greatness, or he will die trying. For those of you who do not yet know him, his name is Lotus Luthor, and this is the At Your Service podcast, exploring where hip-hop lives in our tech-driven world. Right, welcome back everybody and as always make sure you like comment and subscribe to this podcast it would help me out immensely i think i said that last time <laughs> it would help me out a whole lot if you would go ahead and like comment and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already to those of you who have i appreciate you and make sure you keep listening keep following you know what i'm saying turn the notifications on make sure that you are alerted every time the at your service podcast has a new episode i'm also looking for sponsors anyone who has any goods or services that you feel might be relevant to the at your service podcast listeners reach out to me final boss at lotusluthor.com that's final boss at lotusluthor.com i'm looking for sponsors of the at your service podcast I appreciate all of you who consider that. And also sign up for my exclusive mailing list. Go to bootcamp.lotusluthor.com for more information about the AI Essentials Bootcamp. And you can also subscribe to my exclusive mailing list. Remember, tonight is the free workshop, 7 o'clock p.m., Demystifying AI, How It's Changing Your World. If you want to get in on this, make sure you go to bootcamp.lotusluthor.com. Subscribe to an exclusive mailing list and I will send out the private link for the workshop. Now, before we get to today's episode, I got a couple of announcements. First off, the next installment of the Dominion at Marston House Cyphers has been released. Myself, Show Rocker and three guest MCs join us on stage for this one. So make sure you go to YouTube.com slash Marston House and check out volume two of the Dominion at Marston House Ciphers. Next week is volume three, so make sure that you uh, stay tuned to the Marston House YouTube channel, Saturdays at 8.30 p.m., all right? Also, can't forget about this, the Pride of New York, Pony, they released their Flame It video uh, last week, and there are scenes filmed from Dominion Day. Yes, sir, make sure you go check out that Flame It video. I believe it's on Show Rock's YouTube channel. Make sure y'all go check that out. Congratulations are uh, in order for the Pride of New York for their Grammy consideration for the single Casamigos. And also shout out to Nejma Nefertiti on her Grammy consideration for Josephine featuring Napoleon the Legend. You know what I'm saying? So as you can see very clearly, Dominion MCs are doing big things this year. So shout out to all of the Dominion MCs that are doing dope shit. You know what I mean? Now, when we come back from the break, we've got something truly special lined up all the way from London. We've got the brains behind the Ottomans Institute. Now, here's the deal with the Ottomans Institute. They are on a mission to change the game when it comes to education. They are aiming to upskill a mind blowing 750 million students, including those who've had to leave school because of the pandemic. Folks in like super remote places, even refugees in United Nations camps. Their communications team reached out 
and they felt like the at your service listeners might be interested in the topic of AI and education. So right after the break, I want y'all to check out this interview with the Ottomans Institute, y'all. Check this out. And now, a word from one of our sponsors. Attention at your service listeners. Ready to decode the world of artificial intelligence? Introducing the AI Essentials Bootcamp, a brand new online course developed by the Lotus Luther Academy. Discover genuine AI applications and master your skills with real-world hands-on training. Be among the first to get involved. Visit bootcamp.lotusluther.com and join the exclusive early access mailing list. Your real AI journey starts here. Don't miss out. Thank you guys so much for joining today. We have from the Ottermans Institute, Dr. Paul D. Ottermans and Managing Director Dev Aditya with us, who is going to talk to us about the Ottermans Institute. What inspired the creation of the Ottomans Institute and its mission to democratize education through artificial intelligence? Perhaps I take this one, Paulty, because I think we were just discussing it before yes. the introduction <laughs> started. Yeah, it, it seems quite a long time ago, but Paulty, who I know her as Dr. Ottomans, and myself, we actually went to university together. And she was the president of the university through the body. I was the vice president. So we worked a lot together. <laughs> and as you do, after that, we went to travel for a bit. During this travel, we went to Bangladesh, India, Nepal. And as part of one of the activities that we were doing, we went there and we were going to underserved schools and teaching women and female students subjects to do more with STEM. Yes. That's what we were doing. We went to help women learn more STEM, get them more confident into STEM. And then what we found out was most of these people were actually not getting jobs. To our surprise, we found people who were in their second graduations, really high up in the education ladder, not getting jobs. Right. And what we found was that the real gap there, specifically in the way the teaching system was prioritizing marks, etc., was reducing or not at all introducing transferable skills. We had graduates who didn't know what a CV was, right? So that's what we found and we thought we need to make a difference here. And we did our tour across about 1300 kilometers in okay. Nepal, India, Bangladesh. Got ourselves a memorandum of understanding, an MOU with the state government in India, which was supposed to start in March of 2020. And just a few weeks before that, obviously, the global lockdown started. Yes. And a little funny story there. I had gone there to launch the program. Paulie was going to join me four weeks later. So I entered, lockdown started, she couldn't get in. And I got stuck there for six months. So oh, I had wow. gone there for three days. I got stuck there for three Oh, months. wow. Okay. So that's essentially the start of Ottomans Institute. But fast forward to that because you did talk about AI, right? So... Fast forward to that, we had to pivot, right? Everything went into lockdown. All our plans went into shambles. Yes. And we had to pivot and we had to go digital. So we started doing our program digitally, purely. We started ourselves, then we hired a bunch of trainers. Then what suddenly happened was we started getting demand from all across the world, including from places like Afghanistan, Lebanon, where we hadn't thought of going because we started with these three countries. Right. And this started, and then we had to open up to volunteers. And luckily, we had about 50 volunteers helping us from top UK universities like UCL, et cetera, to deliver this. 
And by the middle of 2021, we were in 11 countries. So that was the pace wow. with which we increased our sort of reach. We served about 35,000 students. And there, that's where we found an even bigger problem. And the even bigger problem was, what we found really was the effectiveness of our training. And by this time, we were training for the likes of UNICEF, right? Mm -hmm. So the effect, effectiveness of our training, more than the curriculum and the system that we had developed, was actually to do with the trainers, because it was interactive learning, right? Ah, mm -hmm. And we could not scale that. We could not scale that piece at all because there were not enough trainers out there. There were not mm. enough volunteers out there. Okay. And just picking something out of the sky, we thought like, how can we expand on this teaching element? And if teaching is intelligence, what is the closest to it? End of 2020, actually, we started working on AI as a teacher. So we were pretty early in this space and we just started our work from there with that sort of guess that AI could be a solution and that's brought us to where we are today. So this is very interesting. I'm going to slightly deviate here. So one thing that I did when I was testing my use of ChatGPT, I asked ChatGPT to teach me how to cook, I think it was chicken noodle soup, but I asked it to teach me in the voice and the likeness of Paula Dean. All right. And I was surprised they would say, are you done with that yet, honey? It would say something like that. Right. So this is interesting because what you're basically saying is, or, or what I'm picking up is that there are language barriers, maybe even cultural things that need to be kept in mind when you're teaching or when you're delivering educational materials to certain audiences in certain countries, you maybe have to do it a certain way. I'm imagining you're using AI to say, don't just teach this, but teach this in a way that is acceptable to this particular audience. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and I think that's where AI can really be a game changer because if you as a teacher or trainer, if you're in a classroom, whether that's virtually or in, in, a, in a physical room, if you have lots of different students, it's very difficult to tailor or to bring your attention to ACG students one by one because you have a limited time, right? And maybe limited resources yourself, and it's just you. So if you use AI, you can really personalize this teaching at scale. That problem becomes much, much smaller. And you can really look at the needs of the individual, their behavior, the pace. You may yes. be a fast learner, I might be slow. I may like a certain language. I may like more uh, visual learning. You may like more text. Everybody learns differently than the way we take the information in, the way we ask questions, and the way we interact with another human being. As a teacher in a classroom, it's very difficult to try and make sure that every student's needs are met in that small time frame that you have and the resources you have. So when you use AI, you can really personalize that much, much better. So maybe they will take me one advantage that year as well. No, absolutely. I think you, you really introduced my point well, although we did go off script, because it's more than us curating for the culture, actually. Right. And it's always been there, right? Let's talk about old school AI technology. Mm -hmm. The adverts on Facebook, Instagram, etc. that's all AI enabled, right? right? It knows what you like. That's right. So even in the teaching space, it can personalize to how you need to and how you want to learn. And that could be epic in terms of how you are given information and how you can engage with it. And I think that's where one of the most promising areas of AI as a teacher is. 
Yeah, so how do you envision the future of education, especially in these undeserved regions? Is it going to be mainly AI driven? Do you feel like that's where it's going? That's where it's headed? I think, so following on what we said before, I think it can definitely make a difference in those regions. Mm -hmm. And most of these people, and soon hopefully all, will have a smart device, whether that's a tablet or a smartphone. Right. And through that, we can use the technology that's already there. Internet is not a problem. That's very easily accessible at low cost in the majority of places, not everywhere yet in the world, but that is not the problem we are solving. <laughs> but we're using that device for this personalized teaching. So yes, I think that's why AI can make a difference in education for everyone, and particularly those that are in underserved places, whether they are not having access to a school, not having access to the teacher, the quality of the teacher, all these things play a role there. If needing that teacher element was not really essential, giving everybody access to Khan Academy and YouTube and free books would have solved this global education and skills gap, right? It hasn't. So if right. you need that teacher for that first-time learner, who are the first-time learners in their yeah. families and communities, you need that teacher or at least that guide and mentor to support them. And no matter what people say, because we have experienced this firsthand from Lebanon to Malawi to Afghanistan to northern Iraq, Today, the thing that's available, perhaps even more than mainstream books, is a smartphone. That's right. You know, it might be a 2014 smartphone, but they have some internet, they have some smartphone, and that's a way we need to write to teach these people. Otherwise, we should have built these schools for the last 30 years. We still haven't been able to do so, but we can reach them through these devices. Yeah, that's one of the things that I was pushing in one of my lectures was, I remember when the smartphone was a scarcity, right? I actually remember where people actually didn't even believe that smartphones were going to catch on. Why would I want to carry something that big? And I remember the flip phones were the thing at one point, and it was actually rare to see one, someone with this huge phone. But of course, with the invention of the iPhone and the touchscreen and, and the removal of the QWERTY keys and making it more touch based and all that, you had the smartphone boom. And then now, like you're saying, at this point, this handheld computer is very accessible now. Yeah, and there's one very interesting point. Actually, if you look at it from a different lens, and this just this thought just came to me, it's actually more economical now. And I'll give an example. Let's talk about the flip phone era, right? Yep. You still wanted a TV. You had that radio. You had your That's camera, true. this and that. Now it's actually one device. You buy it spend your money to get that one device, and a family shares it sometimes, that's, right? That's As true. we saw in COVID. So yeah, why not? That's very true. In fact, because of that, I, I have seen now that portrait mode videos are dominant. Why? It's because it's a handheld phone, and you can still use it with one hand. You can still eat or do other things, and you can still watch. And so. Most of the time, a widescreen video, you're going to either hold it with two hands or you're going to put it down, one of the two. So yes, it seems like the device is changing how we're consuming content. We're not sitting in front of a TV anymore. Talk to me a little bit more about the technology that is behind this digital human teacher that you guys are uh, innovating. So yeah, this is an interesting piece. What the world probably knows us best for is our digital human teachers, right? So we, we, we can map synthetically a human being and looks like that human being is teaching as a human being would teach, let's say, over Zoom. But that's actually the surface. We try and tackle the whole of the pipeline. So we have our own small language model, nothing as big as the ChatGPTs of the world, but we have our small language model, okay. which is fine-tuned and curated 
and being further built only for the area of education because we we believe the future of language models is niche. You, you're going to have per sector of the industry, you'll have one. So we, we are running there. I so agree. we work in that aspect. We create our own avatars that's our synthetic digital humans. Sure. Our latest product is called, it's an early beta, it's an Android only at the moment. It's mm -hmm. called Teddy AI. It's for four to seven year old children, which is a teddy bear as a humility game on an Android, which is conversational AI, again, powered by us. Oh, so wow. we are going cross, cross platform with that. And we have some other targets that's coming up. And one which we have had to put on a pause purely because of hyper-focus mode. But one of my own uh, sort of pet projects was using AI to give a universal web extension that could provide British sign language translation. So if you were watching YouTube, it could translate that. So we work right from the model aspect to the end product aspect of AI and yeah, and everything in the middle. That's fantastic. I had an idea to, and I'm sure I'm not, I'm not the only person that's had this idea, but I think NPCs in games are going to get way smarter. Like you're going to actually be able to have an entire conversation with an NPC now. And so I also agree with something you said earlier about language models being niche. That's something that I have been trying to talk to people about and say, no, we're at the point where we can have protocol droids. That's where we're at. We're not where they're super intelligent to the point where they're past our intelligence. We're not there yet. But we can use these large language models to give a bot a very narrow focused knowledge and he'd be really good at that. Like R2D2, a protocol droid. It only knows one function, right? Yeah, because no matter what we say right now, right? To be honest, I also like the idea of working towards AGI in that way as a, as a research thing, but we are nowhere close to it. No. What we do today is ANI, it's artificial narrow intelligence. Now, yeah. that's not bad. So why not celebrate that and make it most efficient? But one more thing, you were just talking about games and language models, yes. that aspect of it. Yes. That's to do with Teddy AI. That's actually Polly's baby. So I, 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 really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Teddy AI really emerged when we were first, we had our digital human teacher already and we thought, well, it's not that kids friendly or for younger people, they probably don't really want to talk to an adult. That's the whole point. Sure. So we started thinking about how can we tailor also to, to the younger people. And that's where the idea of Teddy I came in, where Teddy, a teddy bear, which kid doesn't have a, a soft toy or a usually a teddy bear, with them, bring them along everywhere. That's right. And, and talk to Teddy online. So what we have now created within the Teddy AI, I guess, domain or Teddy AI's world, is that you as the parent can determine, can influence what the Teddy AI is talking to your child about. So you would log into a dashboard, which you know, your kid can't access. You have your login details, but your kid obviously has a unique user ID oh, wow. on his or her <laughs> get it yep so yes. you take that number you log in and then you know, you can say okay next time you talk to my child and our name is let's say john or dave can you talk to dave about the capitals of the world or can you talk to him about the vowels because yeah. oh. he's not that good at it and oh, i want think to of the, think of the therapy practice. think of like applications right a child that's afraid to talk to someone of authority but they for some reason they confide in this toy or something like that yeah. i get it yes everything <laughs> you give him just Another analogy, this is my favorite one, right? Yeah. When we were children, to keep busy or to be entertained, we used to watch Scooby-Doo or Winnie the Pooh, right? That's right. Now just imagine you're still watching Winnie the Pooh in our case, Teddy, but, and your parent is giving you to watch Teddy or Winnie the Pooh, but they are telling Teddy, while you're interacting with my child, 
practice the multiplications of two with them. And the child is doing that because it's generative AI, right? Just like you tell Chaji Bini, practice multiplications I of two it. with me. You link that. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. That's, that opens up an entire door of opportunity to, to teach, to influence, to guide, advise, all kinds of applications for this. One question we have to ask, how do we make sure, how does the technology make sure that there's no biased information that is given or any false information for crying out loud? One of the things from my experience with the large language models that I've played with, you have to check behind it a little bit and say, is this true? Or sometimes they will hallucinate and just make up stuff, right? You got to be careful. So how do you ensure that this remains unbiased and this is actually real information being provided? Um, how do you do that? Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting question. And a lot of research will have to go into that as well because biases still remain an issue in AI. And it's probably not an easy thing to solve, although taking small steps to sort of getting there. Sure. So one of the things, for instance, that we do is that you know, you have human level interjections there. So before the lesson or before you would go and interact, we can on our own dashboard, on our master dashboard, we can see, okay, this is what the AI is going to teach. Let's double check it to see if there has any red flags that we may see. And then we can, if we wanted to, adapt it, delete something, change it, amend it. Mm -hmm. In real time, mm -hmm. and whilst you are having the lesson, you can still, we can still find you that, so. Just if I had to bring one more point, touching on what Luther was saying, hallucinations, I think that's the term, right? Yes. When, uh, language models go berserk. Mm -hmm. And I think we just touched on this point anyway. When you're really focused with your model, your hallucinations reduce. Another thing you can right. use is already limit your output, right? So if you have limited your output to 600 characters or 600 words, your hallucinations are less than ah, unlimited. Okay. So these are things we can use to curate uh, the AI and sure. make it more predictable. Sure. That's, that, that's amazing. So you guys have a goal, upskilling up upwards of 750 million underserved students by 2030. And I believe with AI technology that you're going to be able to do this, but how can we convince those who might be listening? How, what strategies and what maybe milestones that you guys have set up to achieve such an ambitious goal? Right from the beginning, we thrive on partnerships to begin with, right? So we, within our first year of existence, we were partnering and teaching for the likes of UNICEF, governments and countries, including the government of the United Kingdom, sure. and so on and so forth. All of these partners have agency over supply chains, if you want to call it, right? Because they support a lot of people. So that's one. That was our first starting point. Number two is this quarter, we are launching with four universities our AI teachers. So they would be the first in the world to do it. Okay. Howard, I think, is the first in the US to do it. So that, that's going to be exciting. That's another way. So one university equals to anywhere upward of 8,000 students. Some have 40,000 students. That's another one. The third one is MOOC platforms, right? Like Coursera, et cetera. So we want to, and we have tested this. So this has been tested only on pilot. We've tested this in South Africa, where we can plug in with an API, our teacher, on a MOOC platform. So the easiest way to explain this is just imagine you're in Coursera. You've got your videos, you've got your text, right? But now you also have a teacher on demand who is asking you questions and you can clarify, right? Wow. So if they have 20 odd million users, we can also provide them additional teacher support. So because it's tech-based and we are mobile first when we're going B2C as well, 
the opportunity is immense. It is a steep target, but, but as we say, even in our organization, if we aim for the stars, we'll at least reach the clouds. That's so right. <laughs> That's right. Now, Dr. Paul D., you are a neuroscientist and a psychologist, right? So how do you see the intersection of neuroscience and psychology and AI? What's the big bang that's going to happen, you think, in terms of using AI in education and how it's going to affect neuroscience and psychology? I think it's actually a very interesting space where those three fields really come together. Hopefully can come together. Because when you're looking at well, psychology and neuroscience, anyway, overlap a lot, looking at behavior of people, looking at emotions, feelings, why do people do certain things that are irrational, but still we do that. So there's a lot of already collaborations between people within neuroscience and psychology, and often people call themselves like cognitive psychologists, I'm a cognitive neuroscientist. But if you now bring AI into this picture, there was a lot, and especially in the field of education, what we discussed already is when we're talking about learning. Yes. Teaching and learning are the two things, two words that are probably most used in education. And how does one learn? That's where psychology and neuroscience comes in, right? Right. There's lots of theories behind learning. How can we keep people motivated? How will the AI do that? It needs to, or it needs to, it, it's best if it can draw upon theories and research that psychology and neuroscience have gone for decades to fine-tune things to look at behavior of people. And there's a lot of data that can come out of that too. And we can learn so much from that. Right. And then the tailored support. So where the three fields I think really come together is when we're looking at human-centered design studies is where we're really looking at how does the user, or the learner in our case, right. interact with our product, with the AI teacher. Mm -hmm. What do they look at? What do they like? What do they not like? And how certain aspects of psychological meaning, do they trust the AI? Yes. Do they think it's human-like? Do right. they think it's friendly? And there are lots of different things that we can test using theories and studies and measurements and questions that are based within psychology to try and find these answers and then enhance the AI in the learning experience. Yes, it's a fascinating, again, I think the intersection between these three areas are, are going to just unlock some amazing solutions for us in the future. How do you see the role of traditional teachers evolving with the rise of the AI-driven teachers? So we can obviously see the power of the AI-driven education, but that may also give a little bit of hesitation from those who are engaged in traditional education I think I have a theory on how human teachers will still be around. How do you think traditional teachers are going to be affected by AI-driven education? Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an excellent question and something that we've been asked a lot, especially from educators or people in the field of education. Right. And being a teacher myself as well, I still teach. I think that AI will not reduce the need for, well, not eliminate the need for teachers. Definitely not. Yep. But I think it will allow us and other teachers to really focus much more on interventions within the classroom and focusing on particular students, maybe one by one, but also really taking a very applied approach when it comes to learning in the class. We think about a classroom where we're thinking about discussions, debates, the skills that the students need in the real world. Right. And you can still debate with the AI teacher, but it's very different than debating in a whole group of people. Right. Peer-to-peer support. It also is there, working with colleagues, 
interacting, discussing real life scenarios as if you were really in a job. And if I'm thinking about students, whether that's higher education, further education, college, and sure. there will be, school is so much different than where you go into a job afterwards. And it's often, there is still this gap between, okay, yes, I got my diploma, my degree. And then I enter a job and, oh, wow, the world is quite different, different from what I learned yeah. in school. <laughs> yes. So yes. perhaps when AI can still give that tailored support outside the classroom and the students can continue learning and clarify doubts and in the middle of the night, they may be studying if they're all-nighters. But when it comes to what happens in the classroom, I think that will quite radically change and becomes much more of a an interactive playing field where real life scenarios will be much more mimicked so that students or learners are much better prepared yeah. when it comes to them trying to get a job and going out there. I've often said this to people, especially those who might be afraid that AI is going to take their job. But I basically say to them is this. I said, right now, I don't know about later, but right now, <laughs> right now, AI is not going to build you a house but it's gonna be the best hammer you ever used. <laughs> it's not to replace you, it's a tool that you can use, right? It's not gonna replace you, but it is something that you can use that will just save you so much time and effort. Just adding to that, I love that. If you don't mind, I'm going to borrow that. <laughs> I love that. Please and, do. And, and another thing I say, maybe you might find this interesting. I tell people, just imagine in the 90s when you were growing up, the sighting older people, when you were growing up and getting geared for your first job, you did not learn Excel. How would you, or you did not learn Word, right? right? How would you be able to fit into the job market today? Please don't stop children from experimenting with AI because that's the same thing that's going to happen in 20 years. That, it's a tool. Exactly. Let them learn it. Don't run away from it. Exactly. That's the same thing I said. I said and the other thing I say is this. I said, did you think technology was going to stop evolving? Meaning, right, there was a time where there was no internet. There was no internet, right? And the, the generation before us is, man, I remember when we had to go to the library to look up everything. And now you guys just have your Google search. Remember that, right? I remember doing all my math on paper. I don't remember these TI-85 calculators, these graphing calculators. So I say to people, did you think that technology was going to stop? That we were going to just stop evolving? No, this is just the next evolution of what's available to us now. And so we're, we, now we're the quote unquote old timer saying, I remember when we had, we, we didn't have AI to help us, right? It's, so it's progression at the end of the day. And don't shy away from it, learn about it, know it. And I think having something like the Ottomans Institute available is definitely going to help, or it's certainly going to shine a light on how we can use AI for a very altruist purpose. So to wrap up, what is next for the Ottomans Institute? What do you guys see uh, other than the, the current mission, right? Are there any other upcoming projects or, or, or expansions to the Ottomans Institute that might be nice for us to, to hear about? Well, 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 we did talk about the four universities we're coming to in the next uh, okay. month or two, so that's exciting. That's but, exciting. Uh, just for this question, I think, if you are going to release this episode, give or take after nine days, so on the 15th of September, if it's released after that, then for the first time, we are putting on our website our model directly, so you could interact with it conversationally. And the reason we're doing that, A, because it looks cool, right? We are in the language model space. Sure. So <laughs> sure. Uh, but uh, beyond that, for the first time, we're taking it out of 
the core of our products, right? We're going to put it and we're going to stress test it. Let's see what people do when they directly chat to the model and see what happens. It's a learning curve for us, but it'll be exciting for others because it's a teacher that you're speaking to, right? It's not a Q&A or it's not a chat GP. Right. That's exciting. So you're going to be able to interact with your custom language model on the website. You'll be able to just talk. Yes. 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 Okay. Will will you be able to do things, make this a sixth grade teacher, make this an eighth grade teacher, make this a, a world history teacher? That's in the pipeline. So we're going to start with subjects and then we're going to move okay. down that route. So you're going to have a wide variety of experimentations that we're going to do, but Nonetheless, it's going to be fun because it's going to be always two-way conversation and not Monday. Interesting, interesting. Hey, let me know when it's ready. I I would certainly showcase anything like that to my audience. I think it would be awesome for them to see. So yeah, man, very exciting, very exciting. Anything else? No, I I think we just loved being on this show and whoever's listening to your show, I'm sure they love it as well. It was uh, much better than we expected. It is 10 p.m. at night where we are, so uh, it was... uh, <laughs> it was a well fun time. Yes, <laughs> thank you for having us. Yes, well, listen, thank you so much for taking this opportunity. I didn't even realize that uh, you guys were across the pond, and so it's very late over mm-hmm. there. Thank you so much for, for taking the opportunity to speak with me and the At Your Service podcast listeners. I promised them that we would have subject matter experts and we would have industry professionals and entrepreneurs and technology professionals on this podcast. So congratulations, you're my first industry professionals interviews. I, I cannot wait to see how the technology unfolds. Please keep me posted. Again, thank you so much to Dr. Paul the Ottoman and to Mr. Dev Aditya from the Ottomans Institute. Thank you so much. And now a word from one of our sponsors. All right, folks, I have an extraordinary announcement to make. I am thrilled to introduce to you Operation Whisper, my brand new book available right now on Amazon Kindle. Prepare yourselves for an unforgettable experience as I guide you through an immersive, interactive story that serves as the coolest introduction to one of the world's newest AI innovations, ChatGPT. In this captivating book, you will embark on a thrilling mission alongside yours truly, Lotus Luthor, and together we will harness the power of ChatGPT, the cutting-edge AI language model developed by OpenAI. Operation Whisper, a chat GPT thriller, is not just another technology book. It is an immersive journey that blurs the lines between fictional and instructional. Perfectly blending technology, espionage, and interactive storytelling, this book is a must-read for anyone seeking a cool introduction to artificial intelligence. So are you ready for the challenge? Let's master the art of prompt engineering, learn more about AI, and ultimately save the day in Operation Whisper, a chat GPT thriller. Hey yo, so what you waiting for? Go get your copy of Operation Whisper, a chat GPT thriller, now available on Amazon Kindle. All right, thanks again to Dr. Paul the Ottermans and Managing Director Dev Aditya for the engaging discussion on AI in education. Now, next up on At Your Service, we're diving deep into the rise of AI-generated beats. I'm going to be breaking down how AI is changing the game in music production, dissecting the good, the bad, 
and all of the challenges in between. You're not going to want to miss this one, yo. So make sure you stay locked in to the At Your Service podcast. Don't forget, like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. And oh, yeah, please consider donating. Yo, your donations are truly appreciated. Make sure you visit the donation link in the show notes for more information on how to donate to the At Your Service podcast. Yo, this has been a dope one. I'm your man, Lotus Luthor, supervillain extraordinaire, and this has been the At Your Service podcast. Now get back to being dope, yo. Peace. Lotus Luther thanks you for listening to the At Your Service podcast. He hopes you found this episode informative and helpful. Mr. Luther wants you to remember that the views and opinions expressed here on the At Your Service podcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of our sponsors. If you thought this episode of At Your Service was dope, please consider subscribing to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And certainly don't forget to leave this podcast a stellar rating and review on your preferred platform. Mr. Luther also wants to take a moment to thank the sponsors for their support. Without them, this podcast would not be possible. Finally, Mr. Luther can be contacted directly at lotusluthor.com. Do not hesitate to reach out. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Mr. Luthor looks forward to serving you again soon. This has been a Quake Mob Music Group production. I am Marvin, and I bid you a fond farewell. Destroy Superman. Today's episode of the At Your Service podcast was brought to you by Quake Mob Music Group. Quake Mob offers a range of services that will elevate your music to new heights. With their music production skills, they'll turn your vision into reality, working tirelessly in their secret underground studio to perfect every project. And yo, Quake Mob is not just about creating music. They're passionate about artist development with a keen ear for talent. We can help you find a unique sound and provide invaluable support and guidance to you as a hip-hop artist. Go check us out right now, www.quakemob.com.